Hello, everyone. What's going on? How's everyone doing? We're good. We're good. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Just finished um, a long day of editing. Now I'm sitting here with my dog talking to you guys. You know, uh, what I recently just got is a yoga ball like chair. Like I sit on a yoga ball now and I have a standing desk too. So like I like switch between sitting and standing and it's made me feel so much better when I'm editing rather than like sitting down like I started to get really bad back problems. Have it, has anyone here like used the standing desk or like a yoga ball to like edit? Super random. Yeah, I have a standing desk. Uh, I mean, an adjustable desk, I guess. So, uh, but I never lift it up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got it. I got it to stand up more, and I just catch myself sitting for maybe three, four, five hours. Um, yeah, it's awful. It's awful. I mean. The best thing is to just go, like, exercise, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I, I I don't – I haven't tried the ball situation. Mm. Um, how's that going for you? You like that? Oh, I love it. Uh, like, I have, uh, like, an adjustable desk as well, which has been really nice to switch from, like, sitting down to standing and editing. Uh, but my neighbor, she's a chiropractor. And she just gave me her yoga ball, like, um, chair. So it's, like, a yoga ball that's on a chair that's, like, perfect for a yoga ball. And it has, like, a back thing to it, too. Um, and luckily, my desk goes down a lot. And I really like it. At first, I wasn't sure. But I feel so much better, like, especially between sitting and standing. Um, I, I go to the gym, like, a good amount, too. So it's, like, really good for me to, like, do that. But I've been really enjoying it. The yoga ball has been absolutely fantastic for like the editing process because I, I i feel you like you could spend the entire day just editing yeah i think that um yeah the like editing is one of my favorite and least favorite parts about photography in general because you know um it's a long process uh for me at least i don't know but it uh hold on my dog's just coughing over here you okay you okay (laughs) (laughs) so um so yeah i guess we could actually talk about some editing because last time we didn't really talk get into that at all but um i'm curious what your editing processes are if any because uh you know especially with a lot of you who shoot on film how much editing do you do uh post work i mean the post work i'm curious about because my post work takes you know a long long time um but that's just because it's so detail specific so you know why don't we go around and talk about that maybe you want to start us off marv yeah sure no um my editing it depends like you said um certain photography takes a little bit more time to be honest like a lot of my client like photography it's usually just um like weddings portraits and like i have workflows on my end that go really really fast but especially with like the art that i've been making like for me like the the art that i share on twitter um is definitely more intense and way more experimental i usually kind of go through different phases right now i'm really liking 
uh, ex- experimenting with like one color photos. Actually, Angel gave me like a lot of inspiration with her like photos, whether they're like the blue ones or some of like just the pink ones. And usually like my photos tend to be moody with a bunch of like colors, but now I'm trying to restrict it to one and focus more on the texture, the mood, the feeling. And I recently just, uh, I, I, I went to Guatemala back in February and sometimes I have hundreds or thousands of photos from trips that take me months to get to. And what I like about that is that sometimes I try to edit as much as I can within like a couple hours, but then going back like weeks, if not months later, uh, allowed me to really get a different point of view, give it a different perspective. And maybe just the way I'm feeling that day will directly impact like how I feel on a photo. So there was one photo of Guatemala that I took recently that was like on a beautiful afternoon. And I thought there was one way that I wanted to edit it, but I wasn't sure how exactly I wanted to go about it. And recently I've been watching The Last of Us. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Chernobyl I also love playing video games like The Last of Us and the recent photo I just pinned it up of Guatemala. I was like, oh, I want this to feel isolated, dark, gloomy, completely different, Um, like something out of Jurassic Park. And this photo took me like three to two hours just bouncing back and forth between different like colors um, and different grains and textures just because like I never get it right the first time. I really have to like go at it over and over and over again um but for my like photos like this these are the ones that take me the absolute longest because whether it's real estate or like client photography like weddings uh or corporate it's usually pretty straightforward but something like this um really allows me to experiment and try different things that i normally don't do which really kind of gives me an edge and makes me excited to go and edit but yeah, long, yeah. long explanation. Love that. That color grade is really nice. Now that wasn't long. I love that color grade that you did for um, this piece you pinned. That's uh, it's so nice. I'm uh, like you mentioned that you go back to your pieces sometimes after you finish the grade and you know find a new way of editing because I I do that too sometimes. But you, uh, it's interesting because editing is uh, in a way. So you're almost like rewrite. You're rewriting the photo that you took in a way. It's like the final version of a script going through rewrites after rewrites until you decide that this is what's going to be. You know what everyone's going to see. And um, uh, I'm curious if uh, you've ever like have you ever struggled to make a decision on an edit and um, oh god. I you know, was... do you ever like throw things away because you just can't figure out how to make them like find the edit that you're looking for? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I was just thinking as you were saying that, like, is it normal for photographers or do other photographers? I wonder, like, do a photo and edit it like four times, four different ways and you just struggle with doing it or like you you have a photo, you love the composition. But in that moment, you're like, I don't know what I want to do. I feel like the editing and what happens in post-production, like, of course, the initial capture of a photo is crucial, but, like, it's kind of, like, how you paint it and the colors will accentuate the feeling that you want to express. And there's so many times where I look at a photo that I took and I'm like, 
I like this, but I don't know how I want to express it just yet. Um, and oftentimes, especially like with cityscapes, um, cityscape photography, like I will go through like three or four variations because like I love neutral colors. I love like very wildly saturated colors. I love black and white. Um, and I often struggle. I usually have to ask like my wife um, to take a look at my photos and be like, what do you think of these three? What do they make you feel? Which ones do you like the most? Because sometimes if I look at three photos too long, like I, I just need to give myself a break. But I, I will edit the same photo like three or four different times until I finally get to the one that I like the most. And it's the hardest thing because I want to share it with the world. And I'm like, oh, do I, which one do I share? Um, and usually my wife has the best call other than like more than myself. Like she, she sees something that I struggle with. Uh, and it's nice to have someone's opinion to kind of help you step away because I feel like if you're looking too much at something, you start to become like blind to it almost. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I think that certain people's opinions, you know, can be important when you're trying to make a decision. Um, simultaneously you know it's a it's a uh for like today i was just editing a photo that i'd finished editing you know about a, like a month ago and um the only reason i went back to it is because i just saw some you know uh some inspiration in something else and i thought hmm, i wonder how that would look if i sort of applied it to this piece and um you know, and now I'm in this sort of back and forth phase of trying to figure out which one I prefer. But sometimes it can be nice to have other people's opinions to help you out with that. I think that um, ultimately uh, all my decisions sort of for an edit come down to an emotional um, choice. You know, is is it is it uh, is it hitting the emotional core that I'm trying to go after? When, you know, when the edit is complete. Um, and I know, Avery, you as well, you, uh, you know, you're predominantly on film, but your photos sort of have an emotional resonance to them as well. And I'm wondering, you know, what do you edit, you know, using um, anything in terms of color grading? Or do you mostly just rely on the film stock to give you that final photo? Avery. Oh, my B. I, my sound cut out for the beginning of that, so I couldn't tell if you were talking to me or Alex. So I was like, I'm a, no, I'm you're good. Alex yeah. Speak up first if that's who it was. Um, so my like editing process is a little bit weird. Like I don't really do too much, but it's not because I'm like uh, one of those film purists. It's like, oh, you shouldn't edit your film. Blah blah blah. You need to let the natural like film color stock and profile take over. It's just I'm lazy. And, like, I'm bad at making consistent edits. So um, I've got, like, a process. Like, I scan everything on an Epson V600 flatbed scanner. So I've got, like, a process within my, like, normal scanning technique that kind of just gets me the same sort of look for my film. And I only shoot, like, two different film stocks anyways because I am a snob when it comes to, like, what film I shoot. I think that partially comes from laziness, too, because I don't want to be, like, out of my norm. But uh, I try to keep most stuff like with my film kind of just along pretty simple lines editing wise because 
I, I think it just is easier for me that way. I, cause I would love to get like creative and fun with my edits, but I don't think I could ever come to any sort of consistency and not that you need that because I think you can, you know, just have fun with colors and do whatever you want with your edits. But for me personally, I don't think that I could just kind of be all over the place and do whatever I, I want, like some little bit of consistency with it. Um, but I shoot a lot of digital as well um, for like concert stuff. Um, and so I have like a, like kind of method uh, for like what I want to do with that stuff. I, I convert a lot of it to black and white because I think concert photos look really, really awesome in black and white with just all the like high contrast situations that you're in. So I'll like dump a lot of stuff to black and white. Um, and that's just a lot of fun because you really only have to worry about, you know, having your tones like values correct instead of like worrying too much about color. But when I do edit color stuff, I, I work with like the tent uh, sliders a lot for like highlights and shadows. And I'd usually just go for like really cool shadows and like semi warm highlights. And it always kind of gives this like very kind of dreamy feel to stuff. I usually go for like a, kind of dark blue for the shadows and like somewhere in between orange and yellow for the highlights i don't want to go too orange with the highlights because i don't want to be that like instagram 2012 like orange and teal ass like photographer um but i do love the like nice warmth in my highlights with like a nice cool like blue or purple in the shadows um and so i kind of always just find myself leaning towards stuff like that um but yeah, I don't really edit my film too much. I try to do as much right in camera as possible. Even when I'm doing like experimental kind of stuff, I try to like add color myself with flash or like RGB panels or different stuff like that um, to try and just do as much as possible in camera because I'm lazy and I don't want to do it after the fact. And I think it's fun to like try and fuck up and, you know, have that whole process of like trial and error and like, end up with something really really crazy on a negative is like kind of cool to me so i don't want to change what's on the negative too much from what like i actually post because i want you know like when i'm gone or whatever i want people to look at my archive and like scan those photos or whatever and see kind of like what i wanted to portray through that that's kind of how i think of it that was a big ramble i'm sorry <laughs> You guys are fine. You guys stop apologizing. <laughs> I just it's, get, it's all, it's I just weird. love talking about this stuff. So it's like I I just go and go and go. I could talk like all night. But before we get too much deeper into this, I did want to say we were talking about back pain earlier and I didn't get to say anything because the king of back pain is actually in the audience right now. <laughs> We've got emotional in here. If anybody knows about editing back pain, it's that motherfucker right there. His back is destroyed. Oh, Damn. <laughs> yeah man that's what it does it was a crime to be talking about that and not have him on stage for real no it's gotta be some yoga that boy needs to go do some stretching touch your toes sometime that boy needs a a chiropractor on retainer that's what needs to happen he need to put that sparkling water down (laughs) and get himself a yoga mat stop buying I, I I know you know stop buying that Pellegrino Buy yourself a yoga mat or a, a roll-up and, you know, roll on your back. That boy's tall as hell. I swear if he did a little bit more stretching, he's got another, like, nine inches in height. I swear. <laughs> Incredible. But, yeah, I didn't want to take us too off track, but I just, like, I had to, like, revisit that from the beginning of the space because it's, like, can't can't talk about it without mentioning the king. 
Um, but Alex, I I think we talked like like slightly about like your process a little bit with film and stuff in the last space, but I like I don't know how much post do you actually do with your film because I'm, I'm like always I feel like I'm an outlier when it comes to film because it's so like normal for people to like really do a lot of stuff and post with their film at this point. So I feel like maybe I'm one of the only people that really doesn't and I'm curious to see like what your process is and if you feel like it's you still have enough control with film scans as you would with like a raw image or something like that. Yeah, I uh I edit I edit my film pretty hard. Um I like uh <laughs> it's pretty funny. I uh, I post my photos on Reddit and every once in a while I just get absolutely ripped into um cuz the analog community on Reddit does not really like um, editing film photos. And, and like sometimes I'll post stuff that's like clearly very edited um, that I'm like pushing the boundaries on with like colors. Some and people will just be like, why are you shooting film? And I'm like, fuck off. Like I like shooting film. Um, but yeah, I edit my photos pretty heavily in Lightroom. Like, I mean, I want obviously, you know, like I shoot for like color and stuff that I want in a scene, but I manipulate my photos pretty hard. Um, just in Lightroom in terms of like color, shadows, like the point curve, um, touch pretty much like every setting in Lightroom on every photo. And I mean, I'll let you guys be the judge. I don't know. I think my photos are pretty consistent. I posted that one up top because I thought it was a good combo of like, those are four photos that were taken years apart in different locations. But I, I like to think that they have the same like feel to them. Um, and like, I think my Instagram is like pretty thematic. So people... I've been having a lot of people recently reach out to me and be like, yo, can I please get your presets? Like, please sell presets. I don't even save my edits. Like, I don't have any presets, really. Um, I do for, like, concert work and stuff because it's easy to be like, oh, it's too red. Put this preset on. But I kind of just edit everything from scratch. Like, I sit down and I just start messing with stuff until I get that feeling that I want. And, like, my edits are wildly different where, like, if you take, for example, like, if you took that, that top right photo that I pinned up, that little yellow car edit – and you pasted it on the bottom left, it would look it would look like garbage. Or like same with top left. I've tried to do it before, and they look so bad when I try to like copy and paste my edits. Um, but yeah, I edit my photos a lot, and I'm like the most indecisive and like self critical person ever. Well, not ever. I know a lot of like pretty much every artist is, but I uh, I'm actually currently editing photos um, from a ski trip that are going to go into my Colorado series. This is my fifth time sitting down for like three or four hours and going through them all. I'm like five starring them, then four starring them, then redoing the edit, starting over. Um, so yeah, I usually take like four days or so of like three hours of editing at night before I finally will even like export them and like look at them just because I always end up hating them the next day or like loving something new. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's it's a long process. Like I've been looking at the same 20 photos for like three hours now. And I haven't even like made a change. I feel like I like <laughs> increased warmth by like four and was like, oh yes, yes, this is it. And then I came back and I was like, no, 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 no. It needs to be cooler. Um, so yeah, I'm just like really indecisive and have no idea like what I want when I sit down. And so it's, yeah, it's all like pretty random, but they're, they're pretty heavily edited. Um, and like, I kind of shoot to edit sometimes, not like, not like I'm going to just take an average photo and then try to make it good in post, but like, you know, I'll be in the desert and I'll be like, okay, the light's a little lower than I want it to be. But like, I, to me, this shot is like super warm. Right. And so I'll take it anyways. And then it will be like pretty pale yellow when I get the scan back. And then I will make it that like deep 
dark warm that I really want. Um, so that's kind of how I like shoot to edit sometimes, but it's not like, you know, just go out and snap a bunch of photos and then like put them into Photoshop and like whip up a masterpiece. I got to say something real quick. I've always, always wondered, and I thought it was the stupidest question too, if people edited film in Lightroom and I feel okay now because I've always wondered that. I'm like, man, like these these guys taking these film, holy shit. They're putting all these digital cameras to shame. And you saying that you like edit in like Lightroom your film blew my mind because I was like, is that a dumb thing to ask or even wonder if it's a thing because of the process and like, you know, Avery talking about like how important the film is to him um, and hearing how you can manipulate in post. I'm like, whoa, you really just blew my mind. Thank you. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot, like most people I know edit their film, um, at least like to some extent, but it's kind of wild. I'm like, I'm not like, I don't know. It, it has like, I don't know why, but I'm like pretty, I keep my, my process pretty close to me. So like very few people see photos of mine before they're edited. Like, I mean, I would send one in that like little group chat we have or something, but like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I don't like to put something out there until it's like exactly what I want it to be. Dude, I, I definitely feel that. And like Marv too, when I'm talking about, I don't edit my photos. It's really more like I don't do a whole lot of color manipulation. Like, I'll edit exposure values and stuff like that because I definitely do miss exposure like a good bit with my film. Um, but luckily I'm able to bring a lot back either with the, the actual scan or like bring a little bit back in Lightroom as well. But I, I don't want to get too deep into this, my next question, but I was curious, Alex, like, do you scan any of your own film or do you get scans? And then I'm curious, like what file format uh, you get your scans delivered in because I've had, like, I work at a camera shop now, and we have a lot of, like, new people coming in, um, like, developing film for the first time and, like, kind of wondering, okay, like, what's the best file format to use for if I maybe want to make adjustments or something uh, after I get these scans back? And I, I scan all my stuff to TIFFs, um, which is, like, just a little bit more detailed than, like, a JPEG or something. But I also know so many people that get their scans as JPEGs and are still able to do, like, good stuff with it. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what do you actually get your scans back as? Because if you're doing it with JPEGs, I'm going to be kind of blown. It's it's all JPEGs. Um, no way. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's awesome, though, because it's, like – you don't need to do anything crazy with your file types to like get good photos, but I'm just always so curious. Yeah. It's been a, cause like, I mean, I know the difference I use, I use a lab in Colorado and like, to be honest, like, um, I mean, shout out Inglewood camera cause I love them, but I feel like they've gone downhill a little bit, but like I've just been using them since I, I like started shooting film. Um, but yeah, they just sent me JPEG files and I was like, you know what? It's fine. I've actually been printing them 16 by 24 Been printing 35 millimeter shots, 16 by 24 for, all my NFT collectors in this Colorado series and they look really good. Um, I was like a little worried to push it that big, but I honestly think I could go bigger with these. Like they look, I mean, there's grain, but they're not like, you know, pixelated or like low quality. They're just grainy. Yeah. I mean, my brother's pushed a 35 millimeter scan to two foot by three foot print and it looks fucking phenomenal. Um, so like you can definitely like, like push it pretty far and that's why i'm like i i scan my stuff to tiffs but that's mainly for like long-term stuff i don't want my 
photos to get compressed over and over again like when i'm making edits so i try to like scan the original as like a tiff and then after that i use total jpegs from there but it's more of like an archival thing for me that i use tiffs rather than like too much on the editing side because i don't think there's that much of a difference especially coming from like a digital background when i'm used to working with raws like no file is going to compare to the amount of control that you have with a raw file so i don't think it really matters too much on on the film side of things real quick can i say something about the raw files because i feel like it's like interesting that like i don't know i feel like i almost am like intimidated with editing digital now because what you just said there's like so much you can do i'm about to buy a digital camera that i'm hopefully gonna like for the first time in a long time so i'll let you know but other than concert photos like landscape photos like intimidating for me on raw there's like so much shit you can do it's not film is just like simple I was just going to say the complete opposite. So like I work in digital all in raw files and this entire time. Okay. In my peanut size shell of a brain that I have, I'm like, wait, like when you take a photo, like on digital, right. You have like 20, 30, you know, if you're shooting on like an ASR, A7R, like three, you know, some of your raw files are like 40 megabytes. I'm like, all right. You know, I can get my hands dirty. I can really go in, lift shadows, you know, work with highlights, do whatever I really need to a photo. And over here, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, you know, when Avery and Alex are uploading their, their, you know, prints or from their film, I'm like, they probably are working with like a megabyte of like data. Like, how are you able to like work around, you know, overexposed lighting or like, you know, if you want to reveal some of the shadows or, you know, bump up the contrast or whatever, like, I'm just fascinated like that. Like, how big of a file are you working with? Holy crap. Because it's not like the raw file itself, is it? Uh, I just pulled up a scan and it's 4.1 megabytes. Pretty small for 35 millimeter. I shoot a lot of medium format, though, and that's a lot bigger. So, what? so my 6 by 9 like TIFF scans um, are 200 and something megabytes each. So they're pretty fat. What? So like a scan can have as much data as a digital file. Like you can manipulate that much or like, am I missing something? My brain is being blown. I, so I don't think any file format other than raw is going to like really hold up. Like you have so much that you can do detail wise with raw files, but I definitely get like pretty massive like TIFF scans out of my stuff. You just don't have like the same amount of like values that you would from, from a raw file. Um, but you can still get like big scans, like high detail stuff. It's just, there, there's not as much like color values there that you would get from like a raw file. So you don't have like quite as much that you can actually mess with. Like detail color wise, uh, I struggle with my film sometimes. I kind of like the like I don't know honestly like I don't really I've I've gotten tip scans a couple times and I've tried like different labs Um, and so I don't know if it's like a a, like file size thing I think it's more of just a film thing to be honest so I might just be like bringing this up completely randomly but I kind of like the lack of detail and like vast open shots on film because like I kind of try to use that texture to make stuff feel like painterly almost um 
And so I kind of like it. Like, I kind of like a lack of detail. And, like, the, you know, like, if you're shooting a portrait, obviously, like, I want them to be detailed and I want it to be, like, a good photo. But that's one of my favorite things about shooting, like, open landscapes on 35 millimeters, like, mountains that are really far away or something. Like, they end up kind of having the texture of something that could have been, like, painted or drawn. And I don't know. I'm really drawn to that personally. Yeah, I definitely do think film lends itself to, like, that painterly style of editing really well um it's fun and like like i was saying earlier i don't think it really matters too much like if you do go with like jpegs like i said i didn't want to nerd out on this too much but i feel like we are but it's like it doesn't matter if you use jpegs or tiffs or whatever like as long as the process works for you you're still going to be able to put out like great results so uh never never need to get bogged down in the details if it works it works and run with it like i think that's like the moral of the story here quick question what is the okay? I know like we're nerding out, and I don't want to go too too deep into it. But genuinely curious, like what is a TIFF file? Why do you use it? What's the difference between let's say a TIFF file and a JPEG file for you? You know, like why why do you operate in that manner? TIFF files are fat, like humongous. Because um, I was just comparing like the file size, um, like my JPEGs that I save, like as high quality as I can from Photoshop after I edit like the TIFFs, those are like 28 megabytes, but I'm working with like a 250 megabyte scan. That's a TIFF file. So there's just more, just more stuff there. Um, And JPEGs are like by nature, like a compressive file type. So every time you make edits to a JPEG and then like resave it, it's just compressing that file down more and more and more. So you're like losing detail every time you save a JPEG and you don't get that compression with TIFFs. I don't know, like, the nerdy details why, but I just know that you don't get that same, like, bad compression that you do from a JPEG. Yeah. Like, JPEG is almost, like, realistically, like, the worst file type ever because it's just constantly compressing itself. I've seen lots of people say that we should be using, like, PNGs instead of JPEGs, but I don't... It's whatever. I save my stuff as TIFF, so I can always go back to it, but like I said... It's just all this nerdy shit. It doesn't really matter that much. Like, edit your photos and post them. Like, doesn't matter. Yeah, that's wild. I can't believe you edit your your JPEGs, Alex. And then you say you don't even save your edits. That's even more confusing to me. I don't know <laughs> what you mean by that. Um, but... Uh, First of all, I wanted to welcome Trevor to the stage. Um, I met him in L.A. uh, face-to-face, so he's a great guy as well. Cool photographer. Um, Thanks for coming up. But I wanted to sort of move the conversation a little bit because it kind of has to do with the same thing, which is in the editing space. But um, how important do you think it is to have a style, you know, as a photographer or as an artist, how important do you think it is to have a style? Do you, uh, how did you find your style? And do you feel like you're in some ways um, stuck in that style uh, or feel like you're too afraid to branch out of that style perhaps at this point because um, you've sort of been shooting the same way for so long? Uh, Alex, go ahead. Sorry, I meant to uh, to hit the hundred and actually put my hand up. But um, <laughs> hey, I, uh, there you go. 
Um, I like that question. I think the first part of that is like, I, I don't know. I have a pretty strong opinion on that. I think it is very important for a photographer to find the style um, and like have a level of consistency because I think it's what makes like photography stand out and be recognizable. Like it's a goal of mine for, you know, when, when somebody sees a photo of mine to hopefully at some point in my career be like, Oh, that at least looks like an Alex kiddo photo. If it isn't one, um, do you, uh, sorry, do you correlate style to just the way of shooting or also the, the, the way you edit and color grade your photos as well? Is that incorporated in the, you know, what we consider style? Yeah, I would say it's like mostly like, like, comp- or like, yeah, I would say it's mostly like composition, um, like compositionally, but then also, yeah, like color palette and stuff or just like having something unique, like I use color personally. So like, that's my example, but it doesn't have to be color. It can just be something that's like consistent and like a unique look. But I also think it's equally as important to like stay inconsistent in the sense where like, you should have that base of like, I'm really good at this one thing. I can like, you know, produce images like this now pretty much when I want to. But you need to also be like trying other styles, shooting different things, putting new lenses on, trying different ways of editing. Like, I think it's it's important. So like, yes and no. I think you should find that style that like kind of differentiates you and get really good at it. But I don't think that you should like put yourself in a box and be like, oh shit, like now, you know, like me, like I, I don't want to be like, oh, now I can only take colorful landscapes on 50 millimeter lenses. Like, oh shit, you know, I can't do anything else. Um, so yeah, just like, trying to just like get outside of your comfort zone is is important so just like i don't know especially for growth yeah i'm curious uh do you do you shoot any portraits or anything involving people alex ever yeah i do i just don't share them as much um on twitter and i haven't really been sharing too much lately because i've been like just really into landscapes um because i don't know it's just been really peaceful lately but yeah, I do a, I do a good amount of portraits. I shoot concert work. I do like portrait work for musicians. Um, I take a lot of photos of my girlfriend just because <laughs> I'm pretty awkward and like it's just easy to be like, hey, I'm gonna use you as a subject. Um, but yeah, and then like I have some black and white film. I'm really excited to go shoot because like everything I do is revolved around color. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get more into portraits, and I think that's partly why I want to get a digital camera that I actually like. Cause I have a Sony. I just don't really like it that much. Sorry, Sony people, but I want to get. Um, a Fuji camera and just like mess around more because I won't have to be like, Oh shit, you know, I'm paying portrait 400 prices for all of these experimental portraits. I just want to like go crazy. Yes. Get a Fuji. Um, I'm a big Fuji fan. Uh, go ahead. Whoever, Mark, go ahead. So like I struggle with this a lot because, uh, I definitely think it's important to develop your own style. Um, I, over the last, I don't, I don't know how many years I've definitely like created my own style and the best compliment I think you can get is like, Oh, like I can look at a photo and know that it's done by you. Like you have a specific style and like, it's obviously you. Um, and it's like a huge compliment. And one thing is like, I, I'm in a, a little conundrum because like I have different styles for different things, but I think that's kind of like speaking a language or like speaking languages to certain people. And I think that's really, really important to be able to kind of figure out who your audience is for X, Y, and Z and being able to communicate that. I think once you develop your own style, you kind of like just, 
it's like a, a good pair of jeans. It, it just fits you really well. You're able to take them off, put on shorts and, you know, go for a run. But you always have that one pair of comfy jeans you can always go to. Um, and for example, like on my Instagram, I have a following for cityscapes in Boston. That's like what my, my business is like for drone photography and landscapes and cityscapes. But then um, I also have a style catered to weddings, you know, that nice brushy light air, you know, like kind of pastel color wave. Um, and then my more experimental stuff, which is more of my NFTs and the art that I show here, um, because I know that, you know, one form of art that I develop here is going to translate a little bit better versus, you know, portraits that people of people that may not know who this couple is or what their story is. Um, I definitely think finding and developing a style is incredibly important. Uh, but I also am of the mindset of, you know, once you get too good at something for too long, it's time to like learn something else. It's always important to, you know, sharpen your knife, uh, sharpen your skill set, try different things because those techniques that you would edit in a different format will be able to translate in your day to day work and things that you may have missed along the way. Um, but I'm often struggle. I struggle here, like on Twitter, like show like different things. For example, Burrito Dow, I did a video for them uh, for eat denver for the art on tap and that's a different style editing it's videography but like showcasing different styles of your art different things of your craft uh can definitely be tricky that's something that i still struggle with today is like figuring out you know what to share of what different styles of art um and how that will be uh you know received by my audience and things like that it's it's definitely interesting yeah yeah i mean uh, I agree. I like your pants metaphor. I think that there is something to it sort of fitting correctly with who you are. I mean, I think style is sort of found from an emotional place, not necessarily from a, you know, technical place. Although if you learn technical skills through it, I think that um, uh, how you choose your style definitely comes from what resonates with you. Uh, or when you pick up, a, not even when you pick up a camera, but how you look at the world in a way and the stories you're trying to tell. Um, Avery, you had your hand up if you want to go and say something about that. And then Trevor. I just wanted to ask Alex what black and white film stock he was going to shoot because I love, I love shooting black and white. I've only shot one roll of black and white film in my life, which is pretty nuts. Um, but I got some Ilford. I got some Ilford HP5. HP5, okay. Classic, classic. I think for if you like HP5, run with it. But my favorite personally is FP4. It's a little bit lower speed, but the grain on it is just so beautiful. Um, and it actually does really well with like pushing and pulling too. Like I've pushed it to, it's like 125 speed, but I've pushed it to like 1,000. And it, it works really, really well. Um, good contrast and stuff, too. So that's one of my favorites. And then, like, Cinestill's BWXX is also, like, fantastic, too. So definitely, like, same with thing with, like, color film. There's, like, so many options and different stuff you can do with black and white. Like, test out a bunch and, and see what you like. But FP4 and the BWXX from Cinestill is, like, my go-tos. That shit is so beautiful. I'm taking notes over here. 
Yeah, yeah no. and if you ever want to chat about it too, like we can we can nerd out in the DMs. I don't. I've already taken us down like a nerdy pathway too too many times already <laughs> tonight, so we don't got to do it again. But yeah, if you want to chat, we can we can definitely chat about it because I love black and white. So no, you're fine. Trust me, I gotta talk to you still about getting on film and bro, figuring that yes. out. Um, yeah, I'm, we'll do I'm it. I'm gonna convince everybody. I want everyone to be broke with me, bro. So, like, let's oh all run it God. together, dog. Let's run it. <laughs> Trevor, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like I lost connection. Did I? No, I hear you. Okay, word. No, I was just gonna go against the grain and say, like, as much as cool as it seems for me personally, for someone to say, like, they can recognize my photo when they see one. I think just at this moment in life. And like you're saying, it's more about uh, feeling when it comes to developing a style. This moment of my life, I think I'm just gonna... things that aren't the same as the last thing I shot. So just for me, like constantly developing and changing as an artist is something I always want to do. I kind of don't want to grow old and and see myself creating the same things I was creating in my twenties and thirties, etc. Yeah, I think that. Um... The way I look at it is the uh, style sort of develops, you know. And, yeah, I don't think that what you are doing now will be the same as what you do 20 years from now. But I do think there's something to growth that comes from sort of finding a certain way that you enjoy creating and then learning how to get better at that. And from that, I think an evolution can occur that can sometimes be more beneficial than the sporadicness of it. But that's just how I personally think. I know that some people, you know, shoot all different ways or create art in all different ways as well. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, For me, personally, I enjoy, I don't know even know if it's an enjoyment thing, but I learn more by sticking towards one direction and um, sort of challenging myself to make that as good as I can uh, until that naturally sort of evolves. Um, I also want to shout out Angel, who um, couldn't be up here right now, but she's part of the family as well. And I pinned her to the top. I'm sure all of you know Angel, but if you don't, she's incredible. Please go give her some love, some follows. She got 28K followers today. Congratulations. Well-deserved. Uh, much love to you, Angel. And uh, she's a, she is someone that can that could speak on style all day because her That's... style is seriously, like, uh, totally hers when you look at it. And just um, something very, very unique and cool that she does with film and uh, sort of her purpose. You know, she spoke on this last time, but her purpose of why she shoots the way she does and all that. But, you know, much, much love to Angel. You want to say something, Avery? I was just going to say, I didn't mean to cut you off. I wish that she was here for that whole editing film talk because she's like the best person to speak on that uh, because I think she does it the most like tasteful way. Um, because she still like keeps all of the best parts of film, uh, but puts her own spin on it in a way that I really, really, really love. Um, and so, like when people talk shit about editing film, I'm like, why don't you just go peep Angel's work? Like, I think you might change your opinion. So, yeah, for real. And I think that um, 
what she does so well is the ability to sort of uh, take you somewhere with through the edit um, because there's a sense of uh, dreamlike quality to the work and I think that comes through not just through the photography but through the editing as well um, and that's just sort of I guess the essence of her in a way there's this you know nostalgic quality to the to the photography and it's really powerful so I have a lot of love and respect for Angel as well so back in the day when you had to sort of uh, beg someone to help you get on foundation Angel was the one that gave me my foundation invite so you know I still to this day much 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 love to Angel and she's up here look at that look at you how you doing Hey guys, y'all are so nice. Y'all gassing me up. <laughs> Man, I knew I felt my head getting bigger and going every which way, and I was like, why is this happening? And then I started paying closer attention. I was like, oh, it's because my friends are talking about me. They're saying all these nice things. Thanks, guys. I love y'all. Yeah, you're amazing. I'm so happy you're up here. Um, if you want to, if, if you can stay up here, would love for you to talk to us about because last time we spoke about you know you all of us really and the qualities of us as photographers but we never got into sort of the post work and the editing work and i think that has a lot to do with your style that you have right now and super curious where you found that you know that palette that you use so well and um uh, why you sort of chose to move in that direction with your editing, and how hard and how hard is it for you to edit film the way you do? Curious. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, those are all really good questions. So, I will start with like where I got the inspiration from. Um, it was a combination of how my city looks in real life compared to it the way it does look on camera even if it's like a digital camera or anything like that um it's really saturated and sometimes you just can't catch the essence without editing and adding a couple of little tweaks to the photo you know what i mean and um it also came from will and i think avery could like probably say his at and remember it because i don't know what it is it's like w wgmv yes Will. So if you don't know who Will is, that's his at. And, and um, yeah, so I saw his work and he really saturates a lot of stuff. He brings a lot of color out. He manipulates a lot of things in his photos and he breaks a lot of rules. And whenever I first got into photography, I was not doing anything like that. I was kind of just like sticking to the way it looked. And I was kind of like just under the impression that I shouldn't mess with my stuff because it's um not genuine and it takes away from my art and it takes away from the moment and like I don't know where I got all of these like notions from I feel like it was a lot of background noise plus a lot of anxiety and a lot of like my own rules that I had created for some reason and I talked to Will about it all the time like in the past whenever I had first gotten into photography and a lot of it really does come from him um he allowed me to like I feel like he his art opened up my eyes and it allowed me to explore different things that felt out of the norm and a lot of people might turn their nose up to. And I feel like a lot of people, um, I don't want to, it's probably just like an insecurity, but I feel a little bit on the outside of being 
like on the outskirts of being a photographer because of the way that I edit my stuff. And especially in film, because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, if you edit your film photography, you know, it's lesser than, and they don't say it in that word, but they like say it in so many. And um, I've gotten told like, why even shoot on film if you're just going to edit it, like blah, 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 all this stuff. And so I feel like a lot of people do try to um, kind of be snobby in a way about film and I've had people tell me like why are you going to pay all this money just to mess with it and I can't get the colors that I get from my film out of digital I feel like there's no way other way for me to put it I can't get the purples and the pinks and I can't pull out a lot of the stuff that I do and create all of this stuff through a digital camera I've tried it I own a digital camera I've had a digital camera before film and it's not as creamy it's not the same there's grain in my film, yes, but there's not um, pixelation grain. There's not yellows and greens that are getting pulled up because the camera sensor didn't know it was there. I rather have film grain than that kind of stuff. And so that's why I do what I do. And that's really opened my eyes to it. And yeah, I feel like um, my art is my release. And so to have some up, I feel like I only have a few, and that sunrise, sunset has to be a few hues in the sky. There can't just be one hue in the sky or I won't be able to get the colors that I like. Um, but even then, sometimes I break those rules, and everything comes out nice. But, yeah, I try not to be so this, then I'm not a true this. I'm not a true artist. I'm not a true photographer. I'm not a true film photographer, however you want to, like, fill in that blank. But, yeah, I think that just allowing freedom with your work and not being so like anal about things can really open you up to new stuff and uh like kind of what I want to go back to what I was saying was that um yeah I've created to find release and so with these colors I'm creating my own world and I'm creating my own palettes and it wasn't intentional but I feel like I really created um a, a style that's recognizable for myself a lot of people tell me that they recognize my work and my work is easily distinguished and like all these things. And that's really what I want at the end of the day, not just as an artist, but as somebody who would consider like this also in a way like world building. And there's not any lore in my world and there's not characters in my world, but my world is not um, your black and white typical world. Or would you say like, you know, your, your technicolor world or I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm getting nervous, but yeah not your everyday thing it's like a purple wonderland that feels like a dream and nostalgia and so like if that's what I'm reaching for I can't just like use regular colors I can't use the colors that are in my reality I have to kind of break out of that and let all of those things go and that's what I do yeah I mean you nail it it's it's amazing and it's definitely totally you and I think you know uh like the idea of thinking that you can't do a certain thing or move in a certain direction in terms of style or color palettes, you know, this is, this all comes from just comparison in a way in the beginning when we're, when we're seeing what other, everyone else is sort of up to. And, um, you know, we're at a point in time where, you know, comparison is at the highest peak possibilities that could, it could be like, you can't, you just see so much other work around you. And so I think that's the biggest challenge in a way is uh, pushing that aside while you can, if you can, and 
trying to see what resonates with you uh, as an artist, regardless of opinions in a way. Um, uh, you know, because less than 20 years ago, you didn't really have any opinions besides the people around you. So it's quite interesting to sort of see how the fragility of an artist, I mean, artists are fragile in a way already, naturally, because it's such an emotional craft. But uh, it becomes even harder when you're publicly placing that out. And then even harder after that, when you're trying to monetize it and uh, it can it can be crushing in a way. So to be able to reel that in and be who you want to be. I mean, Angel, you're such a testament to that for sure. Like um, in finding your path and who you want to be as an artist and just sticking with it sort of regardless. And that that's not easy. You know, it's definitely not easy. And you do it so well. Um, Trevor, please go ahead. Yeah, yo, I used to be like that a lot. Like, um, when I was shooting uh, 100% film, I would feel like I was doing something. It got me to be a little bit more comfortable with it, was shooting a lot more black and white and kind of understanding what went down in the dark room and realizing that it was just a lot of editing going down anyways, just not digitally native. Nowadays, I edit the shit out of my film, and I feel good about it, you know? Like, it kind of sucks to think that there would be room to art, you know? It's your creation, so... Sorry if it's kind of loud and all of a sudden, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, um, you know, you just... It's all, it's all sort of going back to the reason, the original reason of why you even wanted to create. And I think that is sort of the most important aspect of creating to begin with is the purpose, the why. Um, and uh, for the most part, I mean, I guess I'm speaking for myself, but for the most part, uh, we sort of create because we have something that we need to say that can't really stay inside of us anymore. It has to be released in some way. And um, that's a vulnerable craft. You know, it's a vulnerable thing to do in the first place. You know, um, it's akin to going on stage and singing a song or giving a speech in a way uh, similar to releasing a painting or a photograph or whatever you're doing. Um, it's a part of you that's coming out. And uh, yeah, so however it comes out, it's sort of irrelevant what the results of it are like even if it's good or bad or how you feel about it or how other people feel about it just getting it out is half the task and then once it's out um you know that's almost a blessing in a way and then you can go and search for something else afterwards regardless of how you feel about things once they're out there you know it's similar i i look at it as um even having a conversation with somebody or an argument you may have with somebody that you, you know, is very close to you or personal to you. Uh, sometimes things are said that you don't even mean or you don't even feel and you regret them, but uh, they're still out there, you know, and that's the same with art in a way. Sometimes you make things that you just don't like, but they had to come out in one way or another. And sometimes they come out well, sometimes they don't come out well, but um you're growing and you're learning and you're evolving as a human being and once you evolve as a human being your art will only naturally get better and better 
Uh, Avery, go ahead. I just kind of wanted to throw it back to what Trevor was saying about the dark room too, because I feel like that's a cool like thing to touch on. Uh, because like editing, especially from like the black and white perspective, editing has existed for a bit, just not in the way I think that we currently edit our film. Like it was a lot of you know when you're doing darkroom prints, the whole like dodging and burning in Photoshop came from you know being able to lighten and darken different parts of the image when you're doing like darkroom prints. Um, but then I also know like people like my my brother's high school art teacher who gave he gave me and my brother like a bunch of darkroom equipment and kind of helped us learn that process really well um, when my brother was like finishing his high school career which was like super dope of him but he did a lot of stuff back in the day where he'd put like tissue paper or like really thin like textured stuff on top of his darkroom prints to give it these like overlays and stuff like we would like currently do with like paper textures and photoshop or something like that um so like that sort of stuff has existed for like a long ass time when people have been working with film like using tons of different like creative methods to you know, add like a special flair to their images. Um, so I think a lot of what gets lost in the like, you shouldn't edit your film conversation is like kind of just the nuance of like what editing used to look like in the dark room. Cause it's like totally different. And we have so many tools at our disposal now. Like, yeah, the editing was, was different then, but like it's the same kind of thing that's going on now with like, I don't even want to say it, uh, but like the whole AI conversation, it's like, don't be scared of like, new tools like just you know you got to understand them and use them and understand like where they're coming from so it's the same thing with like editing photos because it originated in the darkroom in like a much much different way than you know what we get now from photoshop and lightroom etc but you know you can still like value the roots while accepting new technology and adding new ways to like creating cool stuff with film um, I hope that that made sense. Yeah, 100% made sense. I mean, uh, it, you're right, though, because things are evolving so quickly in a way in terms of technology, but also in terms of how you can apply uh, apply things to work. You know, there is a, you know, there is such a strange conversation with AI right now, but I think it's because it's just very new and overwhelmingly uh in our faces at the moment but it's it's definitely like it's definitely uh incredible what what it can do you know and especially because it's still so young uh what it will be able to do in probably less than six months from now it's definitely cool i don't use it personally but that's only um you know that's only for now and i'm just very old school with that and i'm probably someone that's going to catch up on that trend like 10 years from now um, but I really, you know, I have no, I don't really care where, what people do or how they create because, you know, the ability to create, uh, like I said, is, is more an emotional process than anything. So if you can get your, get your, get whatever you need to get out somehow, some way, and if that's the tool you need to do it, then go for it. So be it because, um, you know, I think I'd rather that than, people having to hold in how you know hold in a lot of aspects of how they feel or how they think or all these things because um art comes from places in people that you know you don't even realize even when you take photos on the streets you're sort of what you guys are doing in a way is capturing moments that you find interesting with your eyes 
that, you know, some of us may have just walked past and not even realized. And that's because there was some something about that that resonated with you specifically based on who you are, how you grew up or uh, things that are happening in your life in this moment. And so, um, you know, the the idea that one type of art form is not art or one type of creation is not creation. I don't you know, I don't buy that. It's just that you, you have to find what works for you. And just move forward in that way. And, um, you know, everything else can be, you know, we'll figure out everything else later on of like how to apply things. But, you know, I've discussed also the idea that in movies, there is, uh, uh, you know, there's also a lot of CGI in film. And, you know, the ability to sort of blend AI with photography is interesting in a way. If I could like extend a cityscape that I couldn't have had before in the background or something, that's a cool concept and something that I have thought about and considered, but nothing that I've attempted at the moment. Um, but regardless, uh, I do think that the you know where we're going right now and where at, where we could go with photography in the future is sort of limitless in a way. Um, cameras are evolving also at such a rapid rate. Um, I'm curious if any of you have thought about moving from, not even from, but adding any sort of video work into your photo work uh, as well, because it's just another mode and medium of the storytelling that you're trying to do. Video is pain. I can't. <laughs> I can't. What, is, it, what, do you, what does that even mean? What? This is pain, bro. Premiere Pro, After Effects, pain. That That's shit crazy. is a foreign language <laughs> to me, bro. I am. Yeah, I'm, but it's I'm only pain on until you learn how to use it. Yeah, I don't do good with pain, bro. Like, I'm yeah, going to stick with my silly little photos and let other that's people so funny. do the video stuff. But yeah, film, was... at some point, film must have been pain for you until you realized how to correct it and fix it and learn how to do it. Okay, don't make me be self-aware, please. Like, I don't, <laughs> that's not what I want right now, bro. I want to do some video work. I mean, come on. I, I think I... that it's the, I think it's the, it's, a, it's an evolution in a way of what you're already doing. Yeah, I, I used to do a lot of music videos and stuff. Um, did a lot of, like, because my background is in, like, hip-hop. That's how I kind of got started doing any kind of visual art was I was working with a lot of hip-hop artists, doing a lot of music videos, doing show recaps, that sort of thing. So I've definitely done, like, my fair share of video and kind of just realized that that shit's not for me. Um, it's... Uh, I struggle with maintaining focus for long periods of time. And so like, I think my scanning, scanning and editing process for film is like at the furthest extent of attention span that I have. And so trying to add video in on top of that would just like totally ruin me. Like there's no way I could get, I could finish a video right now. Like not possible. Interesting. What about directing though? I have directed a few things and I do enjoy like the directing and like doing behind the scenes photography for video stuff. Like I just helped a buddy of mine shoot, um, shoot a music video for some friends of mine. I didn't really do much direction on that. I was more just there for like behind the scenes and then like a little bit of lighting help and like just carrying gear around and like being an extra body. But I've directed a few videos, um, 
done like creative direction and that sort of thing for for a lot of videos as well so i i do enjoy that i just don't enjoy the process of like shooting and editing video work it's just not Mm. something i'm good at and something i want to spend the time to get good at right now at least right well i guess i'm curious for all of you do you think that photography will be your you know you think you'll be photographers forever and do you think that's going to be the main way you create forever or do you see an evolution in what you're doing into some other sort of medium i don't know i feel like i'll do this forever i'm learning how to draw and i'm learning how to do other things as like hobbies and as far as like video work goes i want to learn how to do it especially after finding out about all this uh, all these apps for your phone that make it a lot easier and yeah i just i like other things and stuff like that and I want to be able to express myself in different ways. And so, like, I see myself adding on to what I do. Um, but And even maybe, like, drawing on some of my photos and stuff like that. But I don't really see myself doing anything else. I really like taking photos and just doing what I do already. Yeah, I'd love to see where your work sort of ends up in, you know, 10 years' time, maybe. And... um it's interesting because you're, you're sort of capturing the ocean and the ocean, you know, the ocean itself in a way is sort of going through this massive change in terms of where, where, you know, it's going to end up in 10 years and like how it's going to end up looking in 10 years, who knows, because uh, it's just uh, rapidly changing constantly. And so, you, you know, you're almost documenting something in a way, which is quite interesting uh, thinking about it that way. Um, and then, just following that path and you know i don't know if you'll be shooting oceans forever but it's it's just an interesting thing to think about in a way of like the evolution of your work if you kind of keep it that way um where that could go because who knows because really when i started shooting i was shooting like um um before i did did what i'm doing now i was shooting you know for models and shooting modeling editorials and things like that that's that's sort of where i started when i started doing photography and um it was it was more so for like a i don't know i guess a monetary purpose rather than a creative purpose until i sort of realized the capabilities of what i could do with the camera and what i could create with it um but it seems like most of you picked up the camera just to create your art which is interesting which is which is very cool um because i didn't think about it that way at first you know uh yeah i I mean i picked up my camera because i was trying to like document cool things that musicians were doing in like my area Uh, because i always had like a passion for live music and that seemed like i'm not musically talented at all like my dad is in the, the symphony locally here and is a music teacher in elementary schools like he tried to teach me how to play drums, tried to teach me how to play guitar. I played piano for a while, like, but none of it ever clicked, but I've always had this like passion and love for like music. And so I felt like the most reasonable way for me to get involved was through this like love of photography that I already had and like trying to take that a little more seriously. So that's like, that's kind of why I jumped into it. Um, And it's been fun that way. So I kind of see myself doing that forever. There's like opportunities opening up for me to, take my photography to like maybe more of a career level like not short term but like long term type stuff so 
I don't think I'll I'll ever change. I'll be taking pictures forever, even if it's not a career. I'm gonna still do what I do, document my friends doing shit that they love forever and ever. Yeah, it's so interesting that you just said that though, because uh you know, that goes sort of back to what I was saying and the emotional purposes of why we do what we do and I wonder if some capacity or in some way or even, you know, subconsciously you are, um, I don't know, getting closer to your dad in a way that you weren't able to through the music that he was trying to teach you in the past. But now you're able to sort of capture the things that he loves, which is the music that he, you know, he's a music teacher and he, he creates music and there's sort of some sort of resonance with that with you. I don't know if that's the case, but that's just something I thought about. No, it a hundred percent is. And I, I always kind of joke that like, I'm not a disappointment to my dad because I still am doing something with music, even though I don't play music. Um, and he was never disappointed in me actually for like not playing music, but that's kind of like the running joke that I have is like, okay, I still am making my dad proud because I do stuff with music. Um, and I think he just likes to see that, you know, I do find so much love and joy in music. And we always kind of talk about how, like, I, I put something on my Instagram story a couple months ago um, about, like, what was your earliest memory of music? Um, because mine is, like, super vivid of my dad playing this Rush song in the car on the way to, I don't remember what we were on the way to, but I remember exactly where in my town that we were when he played the song. And that was, like, the first most vivid memory that I have of listening to music um and so it's like my dad has always been that that person that's kind of like instilling that love for for music in me and so it's like kind of cool that i'm carrying that love on it but in a different way um through my photography even though i don't play music i'm just still very much like an appreciator of good music and like want to i i feel like my job is like preserving these musical moments of like people that i care about for like the future and so it's like, that's my little homage to like my dad, you know, instilling that value in me from like such a young age. So it's actually, I appreciate you saying that too, because that's something that I've always kind of, I don't talk about it all the time, but like with my close friends, it's something that I talk about pretty often. Yeah, that's beautiful. And the thing about concert photography is that I find it to be such a challenge uh, because there's a musicality to concert photography. You and, the ability to sort of capture the photo in a way that you're, you should be able to sort of hear the picture um, is so complicated to me and such a challenge. And it's more than just showing up there and taking a photo, like uh, great concert photography provides you the ability as an, as an, uh, as a person that's viewing the picture to feel as though you can hear the instruments being played. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, please. I was just going to say, too, I bet Alex can kind of talk to this a lot as well, because I know he does some concert stuff. But I feel like I do my best work with like bands that I'm like really, really comfortable with. That's why I like try to own like I used to work with everybody and anybody. But now I only really take pictures for people that I'm like close with because I understand them. I understand their personalities. I understand their music. So I feel like I'm able to capture them performing in a way that, like you're saying, is actually translated through the image and people can feel like they're there, they're listening to the music, they understand what's happening sonically, even though there's no audio attached to the image. And so it like took me a long time to like really understand why did these pictures feel so much more alive than other ones do? And I really think it's down to that like 
personal relationship between photographer and like the people performing and so there's like such a special thing there so alex i don't know yeah yeah 100 something to add there but that's kind of how i feel about it because i was just gonna say there is some sort of the, the personal relationship between photographer and musician or artist whoever is so important and relevant i mean i was uh I know Prince had one photographer almost his whole career that was with him as his like main photographer. And it just makes such a difference in a way. It's not just, it's more like it's a trust thing. First of all, a comfortability thing because you know, there's a self-consciousness as well to being an artist and, you know, just because they're one version of themselves on stage, they're definitely not that same version of themselves off stage. And then simultaneously there is, a freedom between the both of them and a sense of trust. And I think that is when you really are going to get the best out of the person you're working with. And I think that goes into anybody who's working with another person when it comes to shooting in general, but even more so when it comes to capturing somebody in their moment. Um, And that's, you know, I think that correlates with directing and movies and the, the trust. That's why the directors work with the same actors sort of over and over again, is that there's this trust uh, that that's formed between them and they're the actors who are really the most vulnerable aspect of a movie or have the ability to feel free in front of that person and give give what they're trying to what they need to give in order to get the best performances out you know you see that with scorsese tarantino a lot of these guys work with the same people over and over and that's it's for that reason yeah and like recently because me and my friend connor are talking about putting together like a tabletop book of like a bunch of concert photos that i've taken of him over the years and he um he was saying he's like there's like three photographers that that work like pretty close with him that i'm all i'm really close with all of them as well and he's like i want to put all of you in there but he's like you've taken so many pictures of us and he's like i feel like i would mainly pick your photos to be in the book just because and he's like i can't put my finger on why but he's like i just feel like i would want most of those to be included and i didn't think about it when we were having that conversation but now that i'm talking about like personal relationship between like performer and photographer i think it all boils down to that like because i'm there taking photos of him so often and like hang out with him so often outside of like these music venues as well it's like there's that comfortability that's there that allows him to like not focus on you know this dude with a giant camera sitting right in front of his face he's just kind of there performing doing his thing and it's almost like i'm not even there and so it makes for these much more like intimate raw moments uh that get captured on stage so yeah alex i would love to hear you weigh in on this too yeah i feel like uh I feel like a concert photography fraud um, with ABF here, just because I uh, you have way more experience shooting concerts than me. I like I do it pretty casually. Like I don't like take a lot of work on for concert photography. I'll just like like I haven't shot a concert in a few months, um, but then I'll just get like an itch to do it or the right opportunity will come up, and I'll just get like really back into it for a little bit. Um, but I haven't really shot like consistently too much with music groups like i have a couple of buddies in denver who are musicians and i do all their stuff it's a lot of fun and they're like good friends of mine but most of the like bigger shows i've shot just like kind of show up and meet people um so like i guess knowing them's not too super important but i mean they have to like you know i mean it's, it's better if they're not shitty people like it's usually they're pretty easy to get along with like cool people and down to earth but um i just have to really like the music like it's 
I don't know. It's a lot of it's just about the music to me, which might sound kind of stupid. And I feel like it probably is for everybody, but I've like shot shows before where I'm not that into the music and it's so hard for me to like get into taking good photos just cause I don't know. It's like not that into the whole scene, but got to shoot like my favorite band ever at Red Rocks um, four or five months ago. And I think they were my best concert photos ever. Cause I was like singing the whole time. I was like, it, it was just great. It was just like really good vibes. And uh I don't know. Yeah, it's like got me fired up to shoot and like really capture the energy and like I don't know, kind of show it through like my own eyes. But yeah, I usually don't really know the people. Um, you just like show up and like <laughs> introduce myself and then just get started. I I love that too because there's been a lot of times where like bands opening for my friends, like I've never heard of them or like worked with them before. And I just like either don't even talk to them before they perform and just like really start vibing with their music. So I'll, like, run to my bag and, like, whip out my camera and start shooting a bunch of photos. Um, it actually happened to me super recently. This band, Monsoon, they're this, uh, like, hard rock duo from uh, Georgia. But they opened for my friend in Chattanooga. And, like, they got on stage and started performing. And my jaw just dropped. And I was like, I got to get my camera, like, right fucking now. I was like, I need to take pictures of these people. Like, um, And so there's moments like that where I'll just, like, even though I haven't had any con like contact with them before like i immediately am like drawn to their music and like want to capture that like instantly and so it like goes both ways so it's like special moments because i'm close to someone or like special moments because we like have this like instant connection just over like enjoyment of the music and it's like super fun for both sides of that to happen yeah i think that Anyway, I mean, what I was going to say is that um, I'm curious how, I guess, music sort of plays a part in the work that you guys uh, create, uh, and if any at all. I mean, uh, I guess I could assume that everyone here maybe uses music during their editing, and perhaps that plays a part in sort of the style and the editing that they create. But um, even further than that, I wonder how music sort of resonates with the work that you're making and if you hear something while you're shooting that may not even be playing a lot of the times you know do you do you have a soundtrack while you're while you're taking photography and um do you use a soundtrack while you're editing as well and how does that sort of do do you purposefully choose that or do you just play music you like because it can change sort of the brain waves in a way of where your thought process goes and the colors maybe that you see um, because music obviously can be interpreted through colors as well. So I'm just curious. That's such a good question. Um, I, I like am, am literally incapable of editing photos without music. Like it's kind of crazy. I've tried, and I just have zero inspiration, and I can't focus, and I just I can't do it. I need like noise canceling headphones and music. I really fuck with, but I'm kind of all over the place. I just play music that I like. I've been listening to a lot of like folk music lately um while i'm editing like mountain landscapes which is nice but then i'll throw on like future and like <laughs> keep editing them like it really doesn't i don't know the type of music doesn't matter i just need a song that i like um and if i'm home by myself i'll literally be like singing while i edit and kind of kind of a crazy person but yeah and then sometimes i'll listen to music when i shoot if i'm like out in nature by myself um Sometimes I'll throw on music. It has to be fitting. You know, like there's certain types of music I don't want to listen to. But yeah, usually I don't listen to music when I shoot. But is, the, is there music playing 
like in your head? That's what I'm curious about. I mean, I know it's silent in a way when you're shooting, but in the nature in the nature that you're shooting in. But do you hear something? You know, like is there music playing while you're while you're shooting in a way? Do you put a soundtrack onto your work in your brain? I mean, yes, but like. I also have a very active brain and I feel like I'm always like singing in my head. I'm like, you know, like I feel like there's always like, I'm just always like singing like under my breath or like in my head. I feel like just like music that I'm into when I'm like going to the grocery store even. So like I definitely do that when I'm shooting, but I don't know. That's a really interesting question because I don't really consciously think about that. But I think music definitely, like the music I'm listening to during a current time period probably does have a decent amount of influence on um on like my photos both editing and like actually taking them interesting angel do you want to say anything about this yeah uh i think that's a really good question and i think it's funny because i feel like that there's a song froyo and i feel like that's i listen hear that song in my head a lot when i'm shooting and i listen to that song sometimes on repeat whenever i'm like in um like I'm developing my film. And so, yeah, I feel like that song is probably the soundtrack. And then there's this other song and it's called um, Daughter of the Sun. And I actually named one of my first collections. I think it was my first collection um, after that song. And then, yeah, like a lot, a lot of my titles come from either song lyrics or song titles or things that I pull and put together from a song and it'll start with like a title that I got from like Tyler's like something from Tyler the Creator and then it'll turn into something else in the end and I actually um, have digital workout and I'm sorry that my dogs are barking and um, it's my koi fish and all of that is based off Mac Miller songs and Mac Miller um quotes from his music are all in the descriptions and so yeah music heavily influences a lot of my work yeah that's beautiful i mean um music is an incredibly transportive tool uh in a way because before i was doing photography i was acting uh for many years and when you when i was training you know as an actor we they teach you um, how to use music to pull emotional memories or take you to an emotional place that you once were and you know how certain music can sort of transport you to that right away or certain tracks can just or just certain just certain melodies can instantly take you there and I try to implement that concept into the work that I shoot as well where there's there's hopefully a musicality to the composition and the emotional resonance of it where it can be transportive um as well and you know that's very purposeful with the way i shoot but i just think music is such a powerful tool um you know and i don't play as much as i used to but i play a little guitar and piano but uh i'm just such a big fan like if i could ever have a career in my life I, w I would love to have been a musician but that's just not in the cards at all but um i definitely think that music as an art form is so so powerful um regardless of language you know 
it's irrelevant in a way. And I think that's uh, the cool thing about photography as well is that language is irrelevant. You know, it doesn't matter where you come from or where you are in the world. You can see a photo of someone who you've never met from across the planet and feel something from that. The same way you could hear a song that can take you there as well. Um, so there's just there's a strong correlation in a way, but um, music just has an effect uh, vibrationally within the body. I think that could that can take you places. So I've tried sometimes while driving to a shoot to like play certain tracks in the car to put me in the right headspace emotionally to prepare for like what I'm about to go shoot. Um, and I don't know if it works or not, but it's something that I've attempted and tried to sort of capture uh, in a way. And uh, Alex, with you, I'm curious, you know, because you shoot so a lot of landscapes and um, not to sit here and psychoanalyze everything, I guess. But um, I'm curious if like the purpose of shooting like the the passion you have for shooting landscapes or, or just not landscapes because I hate that, but the passion you have for shooting all the different places that you get to go to and shoot, does that have anything to do with, you know, um, trying to sort of, well, I don't even want to take you there necessarily, but just this idea of like transporting you or other people into places that, you know, um, you wish you could be or places that when you were younger, perhaps you um, didn't have the opportunities to go to. And the idea that now you can sort of take people there, or transport people there, or bring people into into parts of your uh, parts of the world they may have never seen before, because maybe you um, were never able to do those things when you were, you know, younger, you know, because I think that a lot of art comes from just childhood in a way things that happened to you in your childhood, things that you weren't able to do, things that you were able to do, things that affected you. You know, um, I think something in psychology says that everything that happens to you up until age, I believe it's nine or something like that, sort of determines what kind of person you're going to be when you get older, in a way, like the things that happened to you up until that age. And so, you know, artists are definitely still holding on to that inner child and sort of trying to nourish it and feed it and hug it and give it the things that it may have been lacking or perhaps needed. And I'm curious, Alex, if that has anything to do with what you're doing. Yeah, it, uh, it's a good question. I, <laughs> Ari, I love listening to you talk. You, uh, you're very well articulated and you have like a, a very calming voice, honestly. I could listen to it all night. But, um, yeah, that's a really good question. It, uh, I don't know. I think like a lot, a lot of what you're talking about with my work isn't like super intentional. It's just really, I've always been, I don't know, just super curious. Like I've always been curious and just like, wanted to see the world. You know, I also, I grew up in Kansas city, Missouri, and I just like always wanted to get, not get out. Cause I love Kansas city. It's a underrated city. I love that place. Go chief. But, um, I just wanted to like go new places, you know, see new things, experience new cultures, like eat new foods. I mean, not when I was like really little, but, um, like throughout high school and stuff. And then, yeah, I just had like this passion for travel. So I started traveling a lot or not a ton, but as much as I could, you know, places in the U S like different countries, 
lived in Spain for a little bit in college, which is awesome. And just had like this huge desire to travel before I ever picked up a camera. And I bought my camp, my first camera in college um, when I was going to, to Spain with the idea of like, this will be awesome for capturing memories. You know, like this will be so cool when I'm like, get back to the U S at some point and we'll have like all these little memories. So I'm going to go, go to Best Buy and buy a Sony a 6,000. And, uh, you know, that's honestly all it was for a little bit, but I started having a lot more fun shooting while I was traveling and like using it as an excuse to just like aimlessly wander. Cause it kind of gives you a purpose, you know, if you don't really have a purpose and you're just like literally wandering around a new place that you've never been, just like gives you one to have a camera in your hands. Um, And then like slowly it became, yeah, kind of what you're talking about of like, hopefully to some extent, like transporting people there and like letting them see something new, you know, through my eyes. Um, Cause like a lot of the places I go, like in that set I pinned earlier, like there's a Joshua tree photo, for example, like I feel like everybody's been to Joshua tree. It's my first time there, but I just try to capture like, I don't know, like little kind of slivers of places um, that are a little bit more personal and hopefully like, I don't know, invoke some sort of emotion, like kind of like a nostalgia for a place you've never been. And then hopefully get a sense for like what it's, you know, kind of what it's like there. Um, so yeah, I think it kind of like pretty spot on what you were saying earlier, but it kind of happened accidentally, just like through a passion to explore new places and go to as many countries and states that I possibly can. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that you're still in a way doing what you initially started out wanting to do which is capturing memories and uh it's just sort of the the memories are now based on you know traveling to different locations and and bringing people with you um into these sort of memories that you've created but um i don't know there's something because you know you said just now that everyone's been to Joshua Tree which a is not true but b uh, all all of us could go to Joshua Tree and we would take different photos because we would see it differently than the way you see it. And I think that's what makes you interesting, you know, and what you're doing. There's a, um, you have the ability to sort of capture a sense of peace uh, everywhere that you sort of travel, which is not probably (laughs) the way I would probably see it, in my opinion, if I was there, you know. Um, I'm sort of a far more moodier um, artist and I think I would see those locations differently for sure but you have you have an ability to find the calm in wherever you're going and I think that that's what makes your work so special um, and it, it resonates as well with the editing style that you do um, that you've created for yourself as well uh, so you know that is just you in a way and pulling go ahead alex but that is like i feel like that's you bringing yourself to to the work and that's how you look at memories in a way it's like you want people to feel that sense of peace through the work that you're creating rather than you know someone else may perhaps showcase a darker side of everything that you've gone to see yeah i uh i love that um I love that. Thank you for, yeah, I don't know. Thank you for just like going through that. That was, I, I really appreciate that. And uh, that's definitely like kind of what I, you know, am, am looking to do. And like this, not to keep referencing the set I posted earlier, like, yeah, I know <laughs> everybody hasn't actually been to Joshua Tree, but I see a lot of photos from there. But like, 
the top left one, like that's just a pretty spot my friend took me in Santa Barbara. But like top right, that was in the Dominican Republic. And it was for me deciding to just like pick up a camera and go for a walk like one late afternoon just by myself and explore like this random neighborhood in the Dominican Republic. And I found this little yellow car and like now I'll never forget that. Like bottom left is uh, I was just like driving through the state of Washington and I just needed I just wanted to get out for a second, like stretch my legs. And it was so it was just like such a pretty little scene. And like now I'll always remember that, you know, so I don't know. It's cool. I definitely uh try to capture like a good amount of like vast, like beautiful landscapes in Colorado, wherever else I'm traveling. But some of my favorite photos I've ever taken are just like these little corners, like these, these, I call them little moments. Um, but just like, like these little life moments that I try to like solidify. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, uh, the four of us, the five of us really, um, shout out Moody, uh, but have been talking now twice now in these spaces. And I feel like I've just have learned so much. This is still so much more to learn about you guys. And, you know, uh, I think that we can ask so many questions about photography and how you do it, but um, it's really the person behind the camera. That's the most interesting aspect of the photos themselves. And uh, because that's sort of the reason why the photos are what they are. And that's, what's fascinating to me, at least in particular, and, you know, it's been a pleasure getting to know everybody. Um, Angel, I'm so happy you got to come up here and uh, hang out and have our chat. I love you so much. Avery, Alex, we're going to end the space now. Um, I wanted to shout out, A, the Burrito Dow, obviously. Um, incredible, incredible group. If you're in New York, you know, pay attention to them. Please come to New York if you can. And they're going to be obviously there, most of them, and doing special things. And then Tristan down there setting us all up together, as always. Much love. Um, and, you know, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, there's a lot of people here I know. And uh, shout out to you guys for sticking around through the conversation. Uh, we're going to end it here now for um, this round. But we're going to be back again. Don't know when. Probably after New York, to be honest with you. But we'll be back again and have another chat. So, Definitely feel free to come up and join the conversation anytime. We love you guys. Um, and that'll do it. That'll do it. Go ahead and close us out. Thank you, everybody.